Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride-or-die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. live welcome back to the show there is my ugly mug (laughs) forgot to click a little button how about that but off we go welcome aboard to everybody i said the welcome aboard because my wife hates it when i say stuff like that she says always know when i when you go live because all i hear is ha ha but she's right i mean i can't say anything i can't say anything but everybody welcome to the show i am your host blake ruffino we, I forgot my iPad, unless my wife could bring me my iPad, we won't be taking phone calls. I hope my wife can hear me to bring me my iPad, but that's okay. But we, regardless, regardless, it's okay. You get one track minded, getting ready for the show, you forget your stupid little iPad, but it's all right. But we have the great show in store for you tonight. Coach Keith Miller says he's got a lot to say, and he has talked a lot of great things about TJ Finley. He will be joining the show. He does a lot of great stuff with all these recruits. Doesn't matter, East Coast, West Coast, wherever they come from, he does some really great stuff. We'll be talking to him at 7.20 Central Time. Also, Stephen Miller. It's like home of the Millers, y'all. It's home of the Millers. We'll be joining us on stream for the Maction Minute. 
at 7.40. I'm really looking forward to that. Blaine Smith says, guest tonight. Thank you, babe. But yes, we got the iPad now. But yes, the guest night is is Coach Keith Miller and Stephen Miller, who will be both joining us on stream. So it's going to be a good night. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about, yes, I saw Danny. Danny says, let's go. Blaine says, what's up, guys? S-T-T-D-B. Josh also said, it's our uh, Stephen Miller. There he is right there. He says it's go time. Josh Rogers says, Blake Rafino, you're going to look all right in that Buckeye hat in a few weeks. I hope not, but I think that my Tigers might pull out the victory versus Texas A&M this weekend. We'll talk on that and we'll touch on that as we break this down uh, this week. Michael Ray says, yo, what's up all you go Tiger fans? What's happening? Gino Vegas says, yes, sir. I got new shoes on my run. And I got to give a special shout out to our good friend, Mr. Craig Schilling, making some gifts or gifs. I don't know what you call those. Gifs or gifs, guys. You got to let me know what those are. Are they gifs or are they gifs? Because I'm not really... So many people call him so many different things. But he made him some AYS or us some AYS gifs. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. But before we get started and we do all of the show, do us a favor and hit the like and hit the share and share into some groups. Also, if you're following us on Twitter, if you're watching on Twitter, hit that retweet. And everywhere you listen to podcasts, if you're listening to the podcast right now, don't forget to rate and subscribe to anywhere you listen to those podcasts with our good partners over at Believe. But before we get started, guys, as always, we got to tell you of our good friends over at GM Varnado and Sons. GM Varnado and Sons has faithfully been serving your Denim Springs and Baton Rouge area for over 62 years. With their highly trained technicians, there's absolutely nothing that they can't do. Drive trade repair, motorhome chassis, big rig overhauls, routine maintenance, tire repair, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. Give them a call today at 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. And tell them Blake Rafino over at AYS sent you. And if that car is just not working right, go see our good friend, Mr. Woody Clark, over at Robinson Brothers Ford Lincoln. 11455 Airline Highway, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. All you got to do is hashtag ask for Woody. 225-603-5432. That's 225-603-5432. And go see all of their fantastic inventory over at Robinson Brothers, Ford Lincoln. Okay, so we're going to break down because I know that we do not have a lot of time this week as we have the Thanksgiving week that is coming amongst us and upon us. Yes, yes, yes. So we don't have a lot of time. We have today and tomorrow, and then we'll get back at the post game on Saturday as we'll be taking off Thursday and Friday for the Thanksgiving holidays. So I want to I want to break this thing game down a little bit earlier. Now, something that's interesting to me breaking down Texas A&M. Two things that I think that we have to make sure that we focus on during this entire game. And really and truthfully, really and truthfully, it's the only things that you have to focus on for Texas A&M the entire game. They're not going to change who they are whatsoever. Not for LSU, they're not. 
especially on the offensive side of the football. No, sir, they're not going to do it. I'm not sure if you guys saw the tweet, but if you didn't, I broke this down. I talked about it a little bit yesterday uh, for LSU moving forward this season, or for this season, for this game. Texas A&M loves to get the football to their running backs in space, and they like to get it to their tight ends. The problem with that for LSU, the number one problem is the safeties and the linebackers at times have struggled this season. If you look at the offense as a whole, Isaiah Spiller, 103 rushes, 643 yards, 6.2 yards per carry, y'all. 6.2. Five touchdowns. Six receptions, 87 yards. And Anaya Smith has 34 rushes for 187 yards, 26 catches, 312 to, uh, 12 yards, and five touchdowns. If we are not paying attention to those two guys coming out of the backfield and running the football, it's going to be a long night for LSU. Now, I know that you always key on the running backs. But sometimes they put both of those running backs on the field and sometimes they'll put him out wide like they did Clyde Edwards-Alaire last year. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Very, very interesting to watch. Getting to some of the comments right here. Danny Krantz says, hope all is well, but I'll send some prayers his way. We're all family up in here. Uh, yeah, Dylan Landry, who watches the show, everybody, you know, he had a a loss in his family. He let us know. Um, everybody be be praying for Dylan as we've always kind of made the side note that he's always the first comment. He told me he will be back in stream soon. Uh, but prayers to the Landry family. Craig Schilling. Miller, great taste. Less filling. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that, Craig. I like that a lot. I like that a whole lot. All right. Even though I have the iPad, this stupid thing's not working. But we will be having some guests, so it looks like no phone calls tonight. But that's okay. Jamie Fortenberry says, upset alert, LSU, which I agree. I think that this game matches up really well for LSU, especially, guys, when it comes to, when it comes to, you can have a Jabril Cox who's shown that he can do good things in coverage. Really, really good things in coverage. I like him being out in space with these uh, running backs and tight ends. Maybe not the running backs so much, but the tight ends for sure. No, no question about that. And Jaden Wildemeyer, the tight end, has 28 catches for 311 yards and four touchdowns this season. 28, yeah, about the same. He doesn't have any rushes or any you know throws. Sometimes I look at that because sometimes they'll use people in some trick plays and stuff like that. But 28 catches, 311 yards, four touchdowns. Chase Lane, who from the wide receiver perspective has been the number one target for Kellen Mond, get this, 23 catches, the exact same yards as Watermeyer, the tight end at 311 and only two less touchdowns. The thing, though, and the bugaboo for this LSU defense, what has been all season long, all season long, is giving up the explosive plays down the field. Kellen and Texas A&M don't do that. Now, they might get a couple of 20-yard plays here and there over the middle, want to get to the big tight end or or to a wide receiver down the middle of the football field. But these 40, 30, 40, 50-yard bombs, they're not going to do it, which bodes well for LSU. Offensively for Texas A&M, I think, and I want to be careful here because I really, really do believe, 
Oh, there goes the phone calls. Okay, so we'll just give us about five to ten minutes, and we'll take some guests, and at the end of the show, we'll do it. But this offensive line for Texas A&M, I'm not going to say is the best in the SEC because I think Alabama has that title on the offensive line. However, Texas A&M might be a very close second. Only giving up, what, two or three sacks all season long. That's really damn good. Now, you guys know, and if you've been following me in AYS for a while, you know that I have not been the biggest fan of Kellen Mond. And I guess rightfully so, because he hasn't shown us so much that we should be banging on the table saying he's a top quarterback, and not just the SEC, but all of college football. However, he is completing 64% of his passes, 1,468 yards, 8.1 yards per uh, yards per attempt, 16 touchdowns, and two interceptions. And the total for this offense, they're, they're totaling 443 yards uh, per game as of right now. But here's the problem with all of that. The problem. Texas A&M's defense is giving up 68%. Guys, 68% percentage from quarterbacks that they've played all season long. So for a young quarterback and a TJ Finley, they've shown that their pass coverage has not been that great. Now let's, let's back it up for just a second. Let's back this up for just a second. I do not want to get in a shootout with Texas A&M. The last time you got in a little bit of a shootout was a seven-overtime game, which we all remember, and I know that I shouldn't be talking about that, but the seven-overtime game that none of us want to remember. LSU won that game like three or four times, and the refs kept throwing the flag and coming up with BS calls. Y'all remember that. Y'all remember that. And we remember what happened after the game with Kevin Falk punching Jimbo Fisher's nephew in the face. Yeah, you remember that. The biggest hit that I probably saw all year. And that was a turning point for LSU that would catapult them into 2019. Catapulted them. And you know what else? You know what else that I want to see from LSU this weekend? And I keep playing it. And maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't be playing this. But it's okay. And I'm going to let you listen to it too. What is it, guys? Oh, gosh. Ed or Oh, here it is. This is the energy that I want LSU to play with all year. No, I didn't freeze. I had a brain fart, but I didn't freeze on you. But you remember when the tide started to turn literally for LSU? This statement was made by Ed Orgeron. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. You remember that statement. Now, that was against uh, in 2017 against Alabama. But you remember that. I want to see that fight start coming back out in LSU because what you showed me last Saturday, as I continue to watch that game, and as I continue to watch the last three games for LSU, it's not a talent problem. It's an energy and effort problem. But I want to see it. All right, let's get to some of these comments before we get to Coach Keith Miller up in you. Michael Ray says, the Tigers of LSU will have four sacks Saturday. We hope so. 
I hope so. Texas A&M's not giving up a lot of them. David says, just got home. What did I miss? Not a whole lot. Just me spitting out straight facts. Just joking. <laughs> Blaine Smith says, prayers for you and your family, Dylan Landry. Yeah, Dylan, we're all thinking about you, brother. All of us. Craig Schilling says, I'm afraid for more will route nightmares coming Saturday. Craig, you're, you're spot on there, my friend. Completely spot on. If you go watch the uh, Texas A&M and Arkansas game, they hit a couple big ones. They hit, a, they hit a couple big ones against Alabama. And they got running backs that really, when they get out in space, are extremely dangerous. But, but, the thing that makes me sit, the thing that, Craig, that I have in the back of my mind for LSU, the number one thing that I have in the back of my mind right now is the last thing that we saw from this LSU defense and Jay Ward. Now, Ed Orgeron, when he went on with off the bench this morning, said this, that, hey, Bo Pelini schemed that play up all during practice all last week that they were going to dump it to the running back in the flat. Jay Ward was ready to go and jarred the ball loose. Oh, my God, I thought it was about preparation and Bo Pelini. Hey, man, when you have... Listen to me, guys. When you have, and girls... When you have young players, doesn't matter what position they play, but when you have young players recognizing what is going on on the field and reacting and and making big plays like that, okay. Now, I'm not saying that LSU is going to win Saturday, although I have a gut in my, uh, a feeling in my gut that they could come from upset city. And that can be scary. Very, very scary. Bo Holly says, I just don't see us upsetting AM. <laughs> Even though I just said that. But Bo Holly says, I don't just see us upsetting AM. Like I mentioned last time, when does someone step up in the locker room? I mean, we barely beat Arkansas. Um look, a win's a win. I'll take the win. I'm right there with you. But here's another thing, too, Bo. Here's another thing that you got to think about. And sometimes look, LSU. Last season, beat Auburn 23-20. Auburn would wind up beating Alabama. And that game was lopsided. Very, very much lopsided. This season, Arkansas and Auburn play. Auburn is one I mean, Arkansas is one play away from winning that game. And then you get blown out, or LSU gets blown out by Auburn. LSU beats Arkansas. It's just the way that the game works. It's scheme, coaching and talent and guys with the want to are going to really need to show up. You have a top five team you're going up against. A top five team. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how these guys do this upcoming week. Who gets Racy's spot as Gino Vegas? Uh, Gino, I mean, Kayshawn Booty. Uh, they have the guys. Coy Moore is another guy. Trey Palmer, if he comes back. I mean, they have the guys that can do it. Dronte Kirkland was a guy that really that really stood uh, stood up, said stood up, came up there and, and took that position in the fourth quarter. If you remember the the big catch that he had in the fourth quarter, uh, Jenkins should Jeray Jenkins. Michael Ray says, "Yep, that's another guy." But he's been really your third guy that's been out there too. So we'll see. Stephen Miller says, "Booty Kirkland, look at." Look to take McMath's reps. Yeah, I could see that. I can definitely, definitely see that. Blaine Smith says, Pelini should be practicing switching wide receivers with corners. Yeah. 
I mean, sometimes you get misaligned, and you, I mean, you're right. Uh, Bo Holly says, we coming, but this is not the team. Again, where are the dogs in that locker room? Bo, I, I, again, I would push back and say, what did Terrace Marshall do last last week? Terrace Marshall stood up in the middle of the of the locker room and said, hey, let's go. I'm not opting out. Let's freaking go. So we'll see. Okay, Coach Keith Miller is going to be joining us in just a second. I see that he's... I see that he's trying to come in, so we'll be he'll be joining us in just a quick second, and we will uh, we will bring him in. Let's get to a couple more of these comments before we get to him. Sam Bacon, his team, his high school team, Brazil. I had plus the six and a half. Can you really bet on high school football games? Is that something you can actually do? Because if so, I took Sam Bacon's team. He said, "Let's freaking go! Forget them Aggies and Gators." I see you. Gino says, I'll take one them close ones. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take a win. I'm always going to take the win. Stephen Miller says, been saying it all day and all week. TJ's game winning come from behind touchdown drive will go a long way to boost his confidence. Completely agree. And I, we'll, Stephen, we'll talk about that. Remind me. We'll talk about that. Danny Krantz says, if you rattle Mon, he's like Jimbo and loses his mind and plays wild. Couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more, especially when you start putting pressure on him all throughout the game. Now, they haven't been able to put pressure on him uh, uh, this season. Uh, No one's been really able to do so. Okay, Coach, Coach Keith says that his camera is having a little bit of a malfunction. So we will try to get into him. I'll send him the link again. So we'll be having him on here shortly. We'll be having him on shortly. Let's see. David Wirtz says, pressure in his face, and he will be inaccurate. Make him move his feet, and he shorts or, he short arms the ball. Completely, completely agree with you there. Look, you got to get the pressure on him. But look, he's got favorite. He has favorite targets. There's no question about that. Anaya Smith, Isaiah Spiller. Now, look, he can run the ball, so you're going to have to keep contain on him. You're going to have to keep contained and not let him run wild on you out there. But look, Jalen Wademeyer, the tight end, is his number one go-to guy. A big body guy, 6'5", 265 pounds. If you don't put a body on him, it's going to be a long night. I Personally, I would say put Jabril Cox on him. If he goes to the left, put Jabril on the left. If he goes to the right, go to the right. Cha-cha now, y'all. Last time to get funky. <laughs> All right. Steven Miller says, 100% you can bet on high school games. I've seen some dollars exchange under the water tower at Kentwood. <laughs> the kangaroos, baby. Okay, we got Coach Keith with us. But before we get to him, guys, we got to get to our good partner over at Area Home Lending, Mr. John Patton. Guys, with all the help that has come from the Federal Reserve, it has pushed mortgage rates down to the lowest that they've ever been. Yes, the lowest ever. If you're considering buying a new home, saving money on a mortgage that you have now or even doing that cash-out refi, the timing has never been better. 225-663-2500. That's 225-663-2500. Or go set up an appointment with John at areahomelending.com. With over 15 years of experience, I know that John will take good care of you and your family. Give them a call today and tell them Blake Rafino sent you by. And if you're looking for a new house over in the North Shore, team.kw.com. 
Got these guys, the number one real estate firm in all of our area, your home team, team.kw.com. Call one of their great real estate agents today at 985-467-7355, 985-467-7355, and tell them Blake Rafino sent you by. All right, Coach Keith, what's happening, my man? How's things going with you? <laughs> hey, hey, listen, Blake. Things are, are, are a little rough. I'm having some camera issues. Had All to good. Going to my phone. Um, they're having some issues there. But you know what? We're going to get this thing down because I got a lot to say. And uh, I think people are going to want to hear what I have to say. So I'm looking forward to this interview. Well, Coach, you know what they say about technical issues, right? If you don't have them, that means you're not doing something right. <laughs> right? So you're not out there enough. So uh, completely okay. <laughs> Coach, I want to start off here because, look, we've been talking a lot about T.J. Finley, obviously, because we cover LSU. I want your take on it. How did you grade his performance this past Saturday, and what can we expect from T.J. moving forward? Uh, if, if I had to grade T.J.'s performance from last Saturday, I'd probably give him uh, a B plus. Um, I think that he was he was productive. I think he was accountable. Uh, he had a couple of big explosive plays in the passing game that were called back. I think if those don't get called back, he probably ends up with 330, 340 yards, uh, took care of the football. Uh, I think he found open targets, especially in crucial moments, late game third downs, whereas one of the special quarterbacks come through for you, I think he did in that area. Um, so I, I give him a B plus. Um, you know, the, the final drive I thought was big time. I thought it was very indicative of who TJ is as a, as a player and as a person as well. Uh, just somebody who just really stands tall in the moment. And so uh, I, th I think a B-plus is a quality grade. I agree with you there, Coach. Uh, look, something that I've been kind of beating on Twitter, and I, I got some feedback and good feedback, not anything negative, but it doesn't seem like the media, and I know media is the media, and I'm not trying to go down that rabbit hole, but he has a game-winning drive. Goes three of four, 44 yards, and a touchdown. The one incompletion was a really bad call by the uh, by the referees, by Ty Davis-Price. I thought that was a catch. What did you see in that drive? Did, did we just watch T.J. Finley grow up in that game-winning drive? Or is that something that you've seen that's always been there and it just need, the situation needed to happen for the fans to see it coming? Like that's an excellent question. First of all, uh, excellent question. Uh, for I think the the Ty Davis Price catch should have been a touchdown. And uh, you talk about dropping a, a, a raindrop in the bucket. TJ puts it right over his outside shoulder. Davis Price catches, secures, goes to the ground, and the guy rips it out late. I think that should have been a touchdown. Uh, but furthermore, looking at that last drive, did TJ come of age? I think in the eyes of LSU fans and people who maybe don't know him or at least don't know him as intimately as I know him, I think that might have been a coming of age for the fan rather than it was for TJ. Mm -hmm. I think it's bringing the fan and media and spectators up to par to what I and TJ and people who are close to him already knew. And, and I shared this with you on the last episode I was on. TJ has a lot more to show you guys. Even though he had the 19 of 24 game and two touchdowns against South Carolina, he had a lot more to show. And I think the Arkansas final drive 
was that lot more that I was trying to allude to in the last interview. Well, Coach, that's something that I think that, you know, even I, I saw when, you know, watching just his games, and I wasn't really breaking him down, but just watching the games at Ponchatoula was, look, if he could get a little bit better with some touch on his throws, maybe a little bit better footwork, maybe running with his hips down, as you alluded to, uh, Coach, last time you were on, but running with his hips a little bit lower when he's uh, getting out of the pocket, this kid's got the tools. I mean, there's nothing that he really can't do. And I love, Coach, that he forces the ball down the field. Now, Stephen Miller, who's going to be on with us, but he he brought this stat up that I thought was interesting. And Coach, I'm going to put it out here. TJ was 8 of 11 on third down. I mean, LSU had 23 attempts on third down, and he completed 8 of 11. When you're evaluating a quarterback, is third down play and third down efficiency something that you really monitor and look at from a young quarterback like a TJ or really just anybody? Really anybody. Uh, forget TJ Finley. You talk about Drew Brees. You talk about Peyton Manning. <laughs> right. You talk about this generation's great Tom Brady. Third down is where your money is made as a quarterback. It's where your money is made as a pass rusher. Third down. That's what the game has dwindled down to. It's all about either moving the chains on third down or getting off the field on third down. And so this is something that, you know, TJ has done an excellent job of in that game. And I want to take you back, and I don't run a point of finger, but I want to take you back to um, Missouri game where LSU was 0 for 10 on third down. I'm not pointing the finger, I'm not blaming anybody, but that's the difference between winning on third down and losing on third down. Mm-hmm. Well, and coach, you're completely right because LSU wins against Arkansas 27 to 24, Arkansas on third down 0 of 10. So when I mean, you bring up a great point there and it's a, the same thing that LSU suffered with against the game against Missouri and I know that, you know, I know you're not pointing fingers there. You're just talking to the realistic facts of what happened. Coach, I, I saw you on Twitter, and I know you were alluding to this, and I got to ask you. There was an article by Shea Dixon, which I thought was at, was a great article, saying, hey, LSU fans are starting to know. LSU fans are starting to, to come and see T.J. Finley. And you said, hey, we've been telling you for a long time now. Coach, break that down for me because – Look, I'm getting in these debates with these LSU fans, and but I've covered him a lot, and a lot of people haven't. What I know you read the article. What did you? What were you alluding to, and what people should be noticing on a national scale, not just LSU fans? I, I think I was alluding to how TJ was misevaluated in high school. Mm. I also think I was alluding to. Um, the ranking um, that, that he came out of high school with. I thought he was undervalued. I thought he was underranked. And it, it was interesting that that happened to TJ. Nevertheless, it did. And I thought that the, the national media and the industry scouts and evaluators should have done a better job. Obviously, they didn't. Um, but they didn't. And I'm not going to include myself in that. Well, Coach, and I'm with you. And look, I've—I don't want to say I've been a, a 
the front runner in this because people have been doing this longer than I have. I mean, hell, we're on episode 143. I mean, so I know that people have done this before I have, right? But I've been always out there asking why kids, like, if I know what my eyes are telling me, like, as a former collegiate athlete, I know when a guy throws the ball for 55 yards on a game-winning touchdown like TJ Finley did against Denham Springs a couple years ago, you don't teach that. <laughs> okay, so that that's what I, I'm right there with you. And I, I've been banging the table that I thought he was misevaluated for a long time too. Coach, I, I want to ask you this too because it's it's been a, a conversation piece. Matt Stitchcomb, who called the game, said that, oh, well, TJ's just – he's seeing ghosts out there. He He's running around and he doesn't have any pressure. That was complete horse crap. He's gotta he's gotta move around at times when you're dropping eight in coverage to find throwing lanes, right? Like I'm not often saying that he's gotta move around to th- find throwing lanes when you're dropping eight and actually on one play nine in coverage. Is that correct? You know, let me see the best way to put this. The best way to put this is there's a certain narrative out there about certain types of quarterbacks. And that narrative will be driven home when the opportunity presents itself. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. On the flip side, TJ has some bad habits from high school that he's cleaning up. And one thing that I noticed and we've talked about extensively over the last four weeks, really since the the South Carolina game, talked about with him, TJ, when you feel pressure, you can't just bell out to your right because mm-hmm. that's a habit that he has and I've urged him almost on a daily basis just to put it to the front of his mind stay in the pocket move your feet to find your space and your opportunity to let the ball go and if you look at that touchdown throw he moves to his right but he settles back down finds and delivers and I asked I said, did you hear me in your head? Listen, he didn't say, yes, I heard you, but I have a feeling he heard my voice saying, TJ, stay in that pocket. Mm-hmm. And he did, and he finished and delivered the W on the road in a, in a COVID environment. <laughs> Well, and that's that's crazy in and of itself. Coach Keith Miller is joining us. We'll let you know everywhere where you can get all of, of his great stuff. Coach, I've seen you've been absolutely killing it on the trail, everything on Twitter. I love it. But we'll let everybody – we'll let you talk about that at the end. Um, one thing, and, and I, I, this is the comparison because of the fact that Jamarcus Russell played at LSU. But, Cade, as hashtag ask Coach, does TJ remind you of a Jamarcus Russell-style quarterback – He's getting a lot of that now, Coach. I think because of, you know, I I remember vividly in 2000, I think three or 2000. No, it was 2004, 2005. Jamarcus Russell had (laughs) almost one of the same pass. That first touchdown pass to Racy McMath. Everyone was like, Jamarcus, stop putting so much oomph on the ball. Put some touch. And look, I went around some people, COVID, you know, social distance, I I will say. And we looked at each other, Coach, and we're like, "Uh uh-oh. Like, so <laughs> we got something here. Is that the quarterback that you would – and I know people don't like to compare, but if you did have to compare, is he the quarterback style that you would pick? 
you know, I, I'm really good with comparisons. I, I really am. And I don't mean to toot my own horn, but it's just something that, for some reason, God gave me that gift. And you see some Jamarco, Jamarcus Russell similarities with TJ. Jamarcus was one of the best throwers of the football that I can remember. Just mm-hmm. in terms of pure arm strength and arm talent, he was a freak show, right? Um, but what TJ is, he's a more disciplined more controlled, more cerebral, uh, more intangible field Jamarcus Russell, which is a scary thing. I don't, I don't know if he has the same arm talent. I, matter of fact, I can tell you he does not have the same arm talent as Jamarcus Russell, but he doesn't lack for arm talent. I, like, I, I compare TJ to, to someone that the Louisiana folks will know of. How about Super Bowl champion Doug Williams? Mm. There are a ton I mean, an absolute ton of similarities TJ has to Doug Williams, from the size to the arm strength to the 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 the, the mental fortitude to the ability to communicate and lead his teammates to being a great intangible guy to being a guy who's very friendly with the media and and has the ability to communicate his thoughts and and express himself uh, at a high level. Doug Williams is the comparison that I had. And I did some research on Doug Williams from long, long ago. And man, were they not spot on in terms of evaluation with TJ Finley? I mean, it was almost talking like we were talking about the same player. Yeah, I like that comparison. And it's it's especially Doug Williams being a guy that a lot of people here, I know Mike Dettelier does some really good work. He's been a guest on the show. He used the same exact comparison, Coach. And, it, look, he he covered him, you know, the same exact comparison. I, I, I like that one as well. Something that's interesting that a lot of people are going to talk about this week, of the first four starts of T.J. Finley, four or three are going to be on the road. Coach, he's going into a hostile environment in a, in a place that's actually allowing – 50% capacity uh, this Saturday. Yeah. Fan noise will be the first time that he will see that in the SEC. I'm going to be honest. I don't think that affects him one bit. Uh, something that I have kind of starting to gather is that you don't know if T.J. Finley throws a touchdown pass, an interception, a completed pass, or anything. He's even kill. Is that something that he's always had, or is that something that he's built in maturity over time? Another good question. I think that's just kind of who TJ is as a person, right? Not as an athlete, just as a person. He's a very even-keeled guy, very mild-mannered. He never gets too excited about anything. He never gets too down about anything. Even when, uh, you know, Auburn lost on – excuse me, LSU lost on the road to Auburn and TJ did not play a great game. Even when our conversations after that game, he was never too low. It was more like he wanted to watch the film, he wanted to get back on the practice field, and he wanted to work on the things that he felt like he didn't do well or the things that we talked about they need to improve on. So that's just kind of his makeup. For me, that's just his makeup, and which I think is a great component to have playing the most important position in sports, quarterback position. Yeah, and, and look, he – I don't know what it is, Coach. I think it is, like you mentioned, it's just his personality. Look, I remember <laughs> a funny, really quick story before we get you out of here, Coach. A funny story. I, I was passing down Ponchatoula one day, and I saw him and Cody and the dad. They were cutting grass, and TJ was having to cut grass and weed eat, and he looked exhausted. 
And, and look, I think that, you know, I know his dad. His dad's very, very great. His mom's very great. And I think that's just something that's been built in him from very beginning. He just seems calm, cool, and collected. Coach, two more questions and we'll get you out of here. And I appreciate you joining us. What do you sure. see for him going into this game? What can what does TJ Finley because in my opinion I think LSU is going to have to score some uh, a damn good amount of points. What do you think TJ needs to do this week for LSU to get the victory? You know, Blake, we have talked um, and we have discussed this. We've talked about this and, and to exhaustion. Uh, not only me and TJ, but me and his dad. And um, this is going to be a tough game for LSU. I'm sure you've pointed out all the reasons why on your show, but just to reiterate, 50% capacity, that means there's going to be 50,000 screaming 12-man fans. Um, in addition to that, they've got a tremendous pass rush off the edge, and they got a good push up the middle. Um, I think they, they got an athletic defense. They're going to present some problems for LSU. Um, I, I think the first thing TJ has to do is he's got to be able to rally his troops and look each guy in the eye and demand that they bring their best on the road in this game um, in College Station. That's number one. That's what a leader does. You got to burn the boats, right? We're going to take our boats over there and see that we're going to win and take over College Station or because the boats are burned or we're just going to die there, right? You know, figuratively. So I think that's what he has to do first and foremost is he's got to demand excellence from his, his teammates, and in particular, that offensive line. They got to come to play. The Auburn performance was not good at all. The South Carolina performance was very good. As we know, South Carolina's a team. It's kind of, <laughs> um, you know, no pun intended to Will Muschamp. But <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, they played, they had a, you know, a plus game this past weekend at Arkansas. So, that offensive line has got to come play, man. This, this Texas A&M defensive line is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of guys that I've evaluated over the last few years, um, in particular, DeMarvin Lill, this defensive end, this kid is a big-time player. Big-time player. He's going to be a high draft pick one day. And uh, he was one of my top 50 players nationally coming out of high school a couple years ago. They've got really good players up front. So TJ's got to be able to – you know, demand excellence from his teammates, in particular that offensive line. They got to be able to get a running game going. You cannot put the game on the shoulders of a true freshman quarterback going on the road, um, in, you know, in, in College Station. You can't do that to a kid, right? Mm-hmm. They got to be able to get a – Ty Davis-Price showed his medal last week. Hopefully he's healthy because I did see him limp off. Yeah. They be able to get established some type of running game. Yeah, they're going to have to, Coach. And, look, they, that was the emphasis, and I know that that was a reason why – I think the, the score was as close as it was. They ran the ball at nauseum at times. But I, I like it. You put TJ in a lot of good positions. Again, 8 of 11 on third down. Last question, Coach, and we'll get you out of here and we'll let everybody know where they can follow all of your great stuff. What do you – because this is – and I've asked you at nauseum this question, but what do you think – if anything, that you want to see TJ improve on. And because a lot of people, and I know that this is the purple and gold goggles, they think that there could be an upset brewing with TJ Finley leading this team because there's a lot of chirping that he's been a leader. It's a reason why you're not seeing Max Johnson, that he's getting these guys ready to go and getting them lined up. What 
because it's really difficult to say this about a true freshman, but if they do beat Texas A&M, what kind of performance do you think TJ will have to have too? And from a statistical standpoint, do you think he's got to go like a Joe Burrow and throw 40, 45 times for them to be able to win it? No, I don't. I Again, I think they need to be able to establish a quality run game. But when you do that, Texas A&M, they have an aggressive defense. They play with their safeties low. TJ's got to be able to hit some big shots over the top. That's one thing we've identified going into this week. He's got matchup advantages. We've got to be able to establish a run game and get vertical early in the game to back those safeties up. Once you back them up, you create some some vertical running lanes for Price uh, and, and for the other running backs. So can we hit some deep shots early off of play action, right? And also, can we protect him and can he stay disciplined in the pocket, allow those routes to develop by sliding, climbing, and stepping around defenders and deliver the football? Though That's going to be the key to the game. I'm telling you right now. Can we hit a couple over the top to back them up and soften up that, that back end? And then can we put the ball on the running back's hands and pound for five yards? And can TJ again deliver in the fourth quarter? That's going to be the key. That's why they pay you the big bucks, Coach, <laughs> to break it down. Coach, I appreciate you joining the show. Tell everybody where they can catch all your great stuff. Man, just, just catch me on Twitter. That's my main you know, platform, at CoachKeith underscore 1K. Um, I'm very uh, open and transparent about what I think and how I feel about players, whether it be college, pro, high school. Also, a lot of my showcase football stuff, uh, which is a, a brand new event. We've had our first two events here in California that are just booming, and we're taking it all across the country where kids come out in the offseason and they play real football instead of tackling guys and being on the ground all day. It's playing real football but staying on your feet in soft shell helmets, and um, it, it, it's a great event, and I hope everybody gets a chance to come out and see it. It's a lot of fun. Coach, very quickly, and again, from a former offensive lineman, I love what you're doing. I saw one of the videos you posted, a defensive lineman held the point of attack. Absolutely love it. Okay, because on the what we used to do, a lot of times, Coach, it was a lot of pass scale. Like, hey, one-on-one pass scale, never about the running game. And people want to know why that offensive and defensive linemen struggle in the running game. That's the number one thing. I have to give you a huge kudos in reference to that, and that's coming from experience. I hate when offensive and defensive linemen go out there and always just do pass scale. But that's my rant for the night. <laughs> oh, Blake, man, you're my guy. I appreciate that. It's something I've given a lot of thought to. This has been in my mind for at least 10 years. And uh, I brought it out on a small scale long ago, but now I'm putting it on a big scale and people are taking to it really nicely. And I'm very excited about the future. Well, Coach, I'll always be a fan and I always watch all your great stuff. Thanks for joining the show, sir. Thank you, man. Take care. Have a great one and go Tigers. All right, man. Go Tigers. Yes, sir. There it is, Coach Keith Miller joining us. Okay, we got the man, Stephen Miller, with the Maction Minute. I know he's getting nervous. I know he's getting excited. No, he said he ain't nervous. Okay. He says he's not nervous. He's ready to go. Okay, we're going to get to him in just a quick second. But, guys, you got to go check our good friend, Mr. Michael Bazil, the financial advisor. Guys, if you live for it, you damn sure better plan for it. 
504-343-1576. That's 504-343-1576. If you have a business, if you have a family, and you just need someone to talk to about some financial goals that you want to hit, give him that call right now. I know he, look, I know it's 748 at night, but he'll definitely take that call. And for all of your legal needs, go see Drake Law Firm, Personal Injury, Criminal Defense, Real Estate Successions, and Downtown Ponchatoula. 154 West Pine Street. They will take care of all of those needs. Give them a call today and tell them Blake Rafino sent you by. Okay, we got the man. Oh, look at the shirt. Look at the shirt. My man's got the AYS merch on. Steven Miller, what's happening, brother? Man, you know, just living the dream. <laughs> got the merch, bro. Got to wear the merch. What kind of hat hey, you look. what kind of hat you got on there? What's that? Is that a six? Yeah, man, it's a six. Uh, it's called Six Cents Fishing. Okay, dude. I, let me tell you something, and I hope my wife's not watching right now because I just bought like four hats, uh, uh, before you know for Christmas time. So I hope she doesn't get mad. But I like the hat. I like it. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we got turned on to it last uh, spring when we got on our fishing kick. But uh, got some good stuff though. Yes, indeed. Look here, me, go ahead, brother. Go ahead the floor is jump yours. On into it. Uh, we're at the halfway point here at the uh, the Maxion. We got uh, the Chalks still holding tight. We got Buffalo and Kent State out in the east. They're both 3-0 and and uh, going at it this weekend, Saturday. And uh, we're going to see it's going uh, to be who's going to take it. But uh, for us, I got uh, the Bulls. I mean, they're uh, favored by seven and a half. Look real, real good so far. They got a great dual running back. They got two running backs, Blake. They got over about 800 yards rushing between two of them. But they had the one guy, the Patterson, had 301 yards, I believe it was, last week out. And uh, on 31 carries. 31 carries. See, Unbelievable. See, Miller, you you like to fight in Khalil Max, don't you? Like, that's your team. You've Man. been rolling with them for a while now. Yeah. We're going on about three or four years, been deep, deep in them. I I, I just love it on the weekdays to get something to do, man. It's, it's nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm bored out of my mind on Tuesday <laughs> night with no football. Man, I, it's, I, it's the first night. It was like three, three or four weeks with no football on TV. I know. And that's, look, I mean, I usually catch the, uh, you know, I, it starts the second quarter. Usually when I get in there, maybe midway through the second quarter. But it's always nice to have it on there. Because yeah. what we have now is the college playoff committee coming out here and doing things like putting Ohio State behind Clemson. I know you watched it. Uh, and look, yeah. and Stephen, last year we had the gripes, and I, as a lot of LSU fans did, about what they were doing. Were you surprised? Well, two things. That number one, BYU was so low. And number two, that, that Ohio State gets jumped by Clemson? Yeah, the uh, big shock is, is having BYU so low, which I know they don't have, but that one kind of game they could hang their hat their hat on was uh, Boise State. But, I mean, that they're, what, 20-something? I mean, uh, it, it really didn't do them any favors by uh, backing out of the game against Washington. So, we'll see. They're talking about their uh, in talks with maybe trying to get something with Utah, but uh, – I don't know. It's going to be a long road for him to climb from 14, but uh, who knows? But yeah, that 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 Clemson over uh, Ohio State's pretty shocking. Shocking. Yeah, I thought it was pretty shocking, and I thought it was something that you we would honestly not see because of just a simple fact. 
because of the loss. Uh, maybe they just thought that the game last week was just enough to put Clemson above because you were out. They had all those players out. And I guess because Notre Dame and Clemson, it draws money too because you'll have two and three yeah. going against one another, and those two will settle it, settle it out with one another. Uh, Stephen, we have some big games this week, and I know that you, you you've done you've prepared yourself and you got some notes. What are some games that you're looking forward to this week, and we'll break those down? Oh, man. Well, first off, I, I mean I got the MAC going on, but uh, we got we got in the West. We got Western and Ball State play. That's kind of like a one. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Western plays. Uh, who we got here? So, so they play Northern, I think. So, mm-hmm. so that's a, a blowout for them. But uh, big game of the weekend. I mean, you, you got loaded up from what is it? Friday on to Saturday. You you got your rivalry games. You got the Egg Bowl. You got the Iron Bowl. I mean, gonna be some uh, re, it's a revenge for old Saban. It is. It is. Now, let me t- let me ask you this, because let's go to the Iron Bowl first. This game's always historically either complete blowout by Alabama or really close by Auburn. Look, yeah. Auburn has kind of been hitting on some uh, – really been hitting on offense here a little bit lately. Am I crazy to think that this game might be a little closer than the experts think? I don't know, man. I just really don't see Auburn <laughs> slowing them down. I mean, they just put up almost – was almost 70 – and mm-hmm. shit, their third and fourth stringers were catching touchdowns and running it up. I mean, I don't see it happening. I mean, but it's been a crazy. It's, it's twenty twenty, so who knows? But but for me, I'm taking Bama into points. Me. Okay, so you'll take Bama minus the twenty. Okay, yeah. I, look, yeah. I, I something just I don't like Stephen. It's, I just don't, for whatever reason, I don't like betting the Iron Bowl. Now, if Auburn was really bad yeah. like they have been, I would probably just take Alabama on the points. But something just feels like, hey, man, that they they might keep it a little closer, at least, at least in a half because of it being a rivalry game. Look, we have a big – I'm going to save the LSU game for you. I'm going to save the LSU game for you. What other games you were looking forward to this week? Ah, man, it's just – so many of them. I mean, I, I really hope uh, that we can get a good uh, good egg bowl in. I always like watching that one, but uh, I don't know. Miller, do but, you think do you think Lane Kiffin's going to try to run it up as much as he can after all the shit that's going on between him and Mike Leach? Like, he's going to try to put 63 up on the board, right? I hope he hangs about 70. <laughs> 70. But real, real quick, I just forgot about it almost. Real big game is out in Chapel Hill. We got Notre Dame at North Carolina, and should be a very, very good game. We got right now is uh, Notre Dame is minus what four, four and a half. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. should look, be a close one. Yeah, give me look. Notre Dame has some problems on their offensive line with some injuries. Yeah. Uh, that scares me a little bit, but they're always deep on the offensive line. I, if it were me on a betting odds, it's actually a, a game that I might play this week. I would give I would give me Notre Dame minus the four and a half. Hopefully they don't get in a shootout though, because if they do, if Notre Dame gets in a shootout, they might be in some trouble because they've been able to. Chapel Hill puts up a lot of points. Who do you got in that game? You gonna you gonna take Notre Dame or you gonna go NC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm still gonna go Notre Dame. I mean I. North Carolina's been so shaky the past few games, and it's just kind of hot and cold. 
And mm. I just think Notre Dame just goes out and gets it done. But got something for you. We got a pillow match in the Big Ten. Penn State <laughs> and Michigan. <laughs> Who sucks the worst? <laughs> I don't know. Man. Hey, I don't know. But listen, Harbaugh better get a win. Because I don't think James, Ooh. I don't think James Franklin's going to get fired. I just don't see Penn State making that move. But let me tell you something: if 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 Michigan gets beat, I think they might make a move. I think they might make a yeah. move. So I mean, especially with Penn State having the you know James Franklin having the family situation. Yeah, I just don't know if they make that move. But yeah. but. Who do you who 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 do you have in the pillow fight? Whose pillow is a little bit bigger Saturday? Man, it's like picking between an ant and a flea. Man, <laughs> I mean, you see nothing out of Penn State. You see nothing out of Michigan. Maybe because it's at home, but who knows? But if I had a gun to my head, I'd probably take Michigan in the two in the two and a half mm-hmm. by a last second field goal. I mean, she didn't maybe a three to nothing game. It might. Look, we got a good friend, Mr. Craig Schilling, out here. He says, hashtag, I don't know why my camera just went like that. All right, hold on, Miller. Uh, he says, hashtag, ask Steven, do you pick more spreads or over-unders? Do you pick more spreads Ab- on the over-unders? Absolutely all spreads. All spreads, all day of the week. No over and under. The worst thing you can do is take an under. Man. Yeah, yeah, I always, Steven, I always take the over. Like, yeah. there's not a time I, I think I've ever taken the under because I feel like teams nowadays are going to break games out before they would take, you know, the, before they'll go the under. We have another question yeah. for you right here from Kate. Hashtag Ask Miller. Is Harris, number 22, your favorite for the Heisman, the Bama running back? I'm going to start there, Stephen. I don't think so. I think Kyle Trask is your favorite. He's got to be, right? Yeah. Right now, yeah. Yeah. But, look, Harris uh, – Najee does have 16 rushing touchdowns. If he busts loose in these next four games, he could be in there. But man, it just—I don't know. I, I just can't see a running back with all these quarterback winning it with all these quarterbacks going yeah. nuts, right? Yeah, I mean, between him and Mac Jones, I mean, the votes would be split from Jump Street. So I mean, yeah, he'd lose a lot of votes there. But I mean, it's, it's right. It's right now. I mean, every poll that you look at is, is trash all day long. But I mean. Who knows? A couple of weeks ago, it was Fields, Fields, Fields. He had what eleven touchdowns and eleven, uh, eleven incompletions. And then last week, he had what three picks. So yeah, he did not look. He did not look uh, no. good at all. Jamie Fortenberry Definitely says not. the Ed Ball. He's going to take the over. I agree with him there, Stephen. Yeah. I'm going to go out a little west here, uh, talking about some coaches' hot seats. Number fifteen, Iowa State, going to get up against number twenty, Texas. I don't know if Tom Herman – I feel like Tom Herman's got to win out or his he, his seat's going to be hotter than Will Muschamp's was this year. I don't know how much you've watched of Texas this, this year. Who would you take out of that when Iowa State or Texas? Ah, man. Because I've watched about Slim and none of Texas and Slim just left. But, but if I had to pick <laughs> two of them, I'd pick Texas. Yeah, I, I I don't know, but man. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a that's the, a tough one. Are you surprised Ruben's by already getting hot that that uh, Myers talking about or in quote unquote talks to Texas? I've even heard that a few times. 
Yeah, that's what I was about to ask you. Are you surprised that that's even a thing? Like, would Texas do that? I mean, Urban Meyer, I don't know. I, I was just surprised. Were you a little shocked hearing that or not yeah. so much? Yeah, because he's a uh, headache away from going back in the uh, calling booth. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he, and look, he. I, I feel like sometimes those are just made up. I don't want to I think so too, Blake. Yeah, really I think did. it's made up because he never he never gets has problems when he's kicking ass. It's always problem yeah. when he's getting his ass kicked. So definitely. I mean, definitely, we'll we'll have to see. One that I was interested in, and and a team that I'm really starting to like a lot is Northwestern. Now they play Michigan State this week, yeah, and Michigan State's uh, worse than a bag of trash, and the trash just left. <laughs> okay, yeah. Do, do you like Northwestern? Do you like the style that they play? Have you... No, I mean, Fitz is a great coach and all, but I don't think they've got the the Jimmys and Joes to compete with Ohio State. I mean, Michigan State's god-awful, but, I mean, I'm sure they'll go up there and win this weekend, but, man, I just don't see them to competing with, with Ohio State. Yes, indeed. Miller, what what's some other things that you're looking out for this weekend? Man, I, I just scrolled past the uh, OU traveling up to West by damn Virginia. Should be a good one. Mm-hmm. It's not in Big 12. I mean, as we're looking at the over, is 55. And, whew, man, it's over and under. If Craig likes them over and over and unders, man, I'd jump all over that because they may yeah. get that at halftime. Yeah, give me the over at 55. I mean, man. look, people are going to probably give me some pushback on this one. I think that Oklahoma is one of the more hotter teams in all of college football. They had a young offense. They're really scoring a lot of points. Lincoln Riley has really started to come into his own with this young team. I would take the over. Yeah. Do you think that they – West Virginia's undefeated at home too. What's that? I said West Virginia's undefeated at home also. Yeah, but I don't know. It just feels like that Oklahoma watching them this year – yeah. It just feels like that they're about to start beating the dog shit out of everybody. They they've gotten all their kinks they've uh, worked out and rattlers on a roll, man. Your buddy Fake Les says, "Oh, you barf, man!" I was on his uh mullet train all last weekend and trying to pull out a win, but man, the mullet just cannot beat OU for nothing. No, I think it's like what of the every year Gundy's been there. I think he's only won two of them, two? right? Two games. I mean, look, he, he – I don't know. I don't want to say you fire a guy. But, but let me ask you this. If if Ed Orgeron – and I know that LSU and Oklahoma State are different, but if Ed Orgeron were 2-16 and 16 against Alabama, you don't think they wouldn't can his ass? Mm, he'd be long gone. <laughs> long gone. Yeah, he'd be long gone. Oki Light hey, just sucks. Gundy's up there and, and just has to win about six or seven games a year in a normal season and beat Texas every once in a while, and they're all happy. But man, yes, if indeed. you're two and sixteen again against your rival, man, yeah, you can't be changed. You can't, you can't let that happen. Okay, yeah, I've been saving it for the last. We're wrapping the show up. Let's let, get it. Let's go here. LSU goes on the road to number five, Texas A&M. I'm going to give you the floor, good sir. What you Ooh, think? Man, man you, man, you know I don't like to take picks on uh, or make picks on uh, Wednesdays or 
or Tuesdays nowadays. Man, it's been a crazy week. Man, if I, oh, man, it's tough. But, um, give, so I got to go LSU, man. I mean, I can't pick against them, which is what you know. I mean, I, I've got the glasses on and all. But, uh, so I think we go over there and, and get a win. So I think we could get a win like 31-28 or something like that. It's going to be close. If, if we win, it's going to be a close game for sure. Okay, it, we, so you have them winning thirty-one twenty-eight. Yeah. How do they have? What do you they have to do to get that victory? Let's start on the mm-hmm. offensive side of the football. What do you think yeah. from TJ? What does TJ got to do to to get the Tigers over the hill? Much of what we did last weekend, Blake. However, we need to punch the ball in. I mean, we can't have a twelve-play drive that goes for thirty yards. I mean, we're going to have the ball for twelve plays and <laughs> eight minutes. We got to get some points, some points. You, you know, Stephen, something that we haven't talked about, I know personally off air and personally on the show, do you remember that drive for LSU last week, 13 plays, for, uh, 40 yards, and we punted? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like that can't, Man. that can't happen. Like when you start no. putting drives like that together, you got to go and score. Uh, let, let's go on over to the defensive side of the football I know that we've had these conversations about this LSU defense. What are you seeing in reference to the the improvements from this team and Bo Pelini? It's just the three and outs, man. I mean, it's like like we're shocked if our defense goes out and then we get off the field in three plays. I mean, we did it on the first drive. We were like, oh, man, this is is something new here. Mm -hmm. And we went out again. And we went out again. I mean, it's just the, the, the three and outs. It's just it's just confidence boosters. I mean, if they can just build on that and just man, it's just if we can take away the the long deep plays and just get rid of the the middle laps and the mistakes and the running into each other and on those rub routes. I mean, I personally I thought the game it it, it shouldn't even been close Saturday if you take if you take away the what was it the three or four like just bombs, mm-hmm. but it, it's like Craig it, it pointed out earlier. I'm I'm worried to death about the wheel routes. That that could be a big factor. Do you think that the early I don't want because it's not success, but the early success for the opposing team has Bo Pelini obviously working that, and because you can only get beat by that play so many times right. before guys and these younger guys have seen it. That's what makes me a little bit confident that they can come out and stop something like that. Right, and is, is we should have enough tape of that from the Mississippi State and Missouri game to to stop it every right. time that they even line up to run it. Well, I know that you don't like to play the woulda, coulda, shoulda game, and I don't either. But Mo Hampton wasn't there. Derek Stingley gets knocked out, and Eli Ricks is ejected in the first half. Edwards Ryan, by the way, mm-hmm. in the first half. Talking about that defense, if those three guys are there – does are we looking even still at a 27 to 3 27 to 10 game could, could that defense had been that dominant uh this past saturday yeah and i go even above that if since we're playing it if the two phantom calls that that were just bogus weren't called that's a touchdown and that's another big play so if you add those two in and and there, there's absolutely no way that I think that if Ricks doesn't get ejected and if Singley doesn't get hurt, that 
that they run that they run out in the second half and, and score like they did. There's just there's no way that I can believe that. I'm with you, and that's why our good friend Mr. Craig Schilling calls you hashtag Miller Locks hashtag yeah, on baby. fire. Hey, Craig is the goat. Just, All right, brother. I'm just, I'm living in the shadows. Thank you so much, Blake. <laughs> hey, no night. problem, man. Well, hey, we're, just hang on tight. We're going to call it, guys. We appreciate you all joining the show. My name's Blake Rafino. We are joined by Mr. Stephen Miller. Y'all have a good night. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.